0: Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. So, so we've been doing this series about stewardship and um, I tell you, I'm, I'm actually really serious about it because it is really about the harvest. It really is about the harvest, guys. It's really about the harvest. I really, honestly, I have such a sense at the moment in my own life, my own this whole thing of consolidation this year, the whole thing of getting things right in our lives. The reason why God wants to consolidate our lives, why He wants to have divine order in our lives, uh, in our marriages, in every part of our lives, but also in finance. The reason why is because He is so passionate about the harvest. He is so passionate about what what the harvest, and He wants us to grow up. I really had this sense: grow up. Us grow up into stewardship, grow up into our responsibility. Sons and daughters, they manage the father's kingdom, they manage the father's business. We got the ring, right? We got the authority, right? So we start using it, and we got to understand these things. It's very, very important, everyone. Very important for the harvest. He's calling us into maturity. And sons and daughters are good and faithful stewards of everything that God has given to us. Amen? Amen. I want you all to be involved with this, okay? Some of you are really involved already, in particular Jared, he's been trained well. Um, But all of you, don't be quiet now because then I feel a bit um, lonely, okay? Make sure you kind of interface with me, amen, preacher Gideon, you're looking good and... Everything helps, you know, everything helps, you know, for me, so I don't feel too isolated here, because it can actually be quite lonely up here. Did you know that? You want to try it? You try it. Okay, here we go. Stewardship. So stewardship, as we talked about, I'm not going to talk about stewardship. We're going to talk about something else, but it has to do with money. It's very, very important. And stewardship, just a quick, for those of you who are not here, some of you were not here. Stewardship, uh, very strong in the parable that Jesus talked about, is in Luke 16, is the parable about the unfaithful steward. And we learned that stewardship is some, having something in your possession, which is actually not your possession. That God has given us talents, time, and treasure to steward well. It's not ours, but we, we've been given it, and so we can use it for his honor and to extend his kingdom amen and we saw the whole thing of first that money is a trust that God has entrusted us with finance in a way and he wants to put to us to put him first in this now watch this I thought it was really good now I love Proverbs 3 9 right it talks about honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income he will fill your barns and wheat and overflow right that's cool right we've all learned that right Three, four, five. Okay, but look at the Passion Translation. It says, Glorify God with all your wealth. Honor Him, honoring Him with your very best, with every increase that comes to you. Look at this. Then every dimension in your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. What an incredible promise. Do you know why Jesus talked more about money than anything else except for the kingdom? Why would that be? It's not a rhetorical. What, why? It why? represents your life. But how? Why would he say that? What, what can it do to you? Absolutely, it can control you. It's one of the hardest things for us to give up and to trust God in. That's why Jesus talked about it. If Jesus talks about it, I can talk about it. Amen. Wonderful. Anyway, so every dimension of your life, inner joy, it's about joy, guys. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. He's given us all these things. And the wonderful thing is when we start to steward these things well, He just gives more. It's actually fun. It's actually joyful to be involved. Amen? Then we saw that uh, that money was also a tool. It's a tool in your hands. It's a tool in our church. It has a purpose. And the purpose is, it's awesome, because it can influence people for all eternity. If we didn't have this church, these 35 people have come to Christ this year already, and 200 is the goal this year at least. They will not come to faith. If not, we do the stuff right here, and we pay our way. Amen? It's very important when we give to missions, by the way, we forgot to talk about this. Today is kind of the last day for you to say, I want to be involved at in missions. All of us, come on, above our normal giving, please. Like five, ten dollars, fifty dollars, hundred dollars, whatever you want to do, be involved with that three thousand dollars. Because then you are changing people's lives forever. Whether in India, in Thailand, at the at the right here, when the people go to feed the poor in on the street here, we are all involved with these missions and you are changing lives forever. Because every time we are generous in the kingdom, we invest into eternity. And you, if you haven't done this whole series, then go back to Luke 16 and read it. How we can use stuff and use money for eternity. That when we get to eternity, people come to you and say, hey, because of you. Because you gave at that meeting, at that church. I got to faith and I'm now sitting in my, in my eternal mentioning. It says there, literally talks about it. So have a look at that. Have a look at Luke 16. Amen. Amen. And then it says also that money is also a test. And that's why Jesus often talked about this, because you're treasurers, that's where your heart's going to be too. And he says, where's your treasure? And of course, God wants him to be our first treasure, amen? He wants Jesus to be the first in our lives, amen? Now, what I want to talk about today is a little bit different, but it's the foundation of all this stuff in many ways. It is called the principle of first fruits. Now, it's a bit effy. You say first fruits. First first fruit. It's very, very powerful. And all throughout scripture, we see these first fruit offerings. It's really beautiful. And the concept is, it comes actually from God's creation work, that it says, because God created everything that exists, all of creation belongs to him. Psalm 24.1, it says, God claims the world as his. Everything and everyone belongs to him. Therefore, that, therefore, that which is first and best belongs to him. Right. Now, I want you to learn this. I don't want you to just listen to me. It's a little rattling on again about stuff, you know, this Sunday. We are here to learn stuff, right? Yeah. And to grow. Now, I want you to have Jesus first in your life. I want to have Jesus first in my life. Now, for me, what it looks like is, of course, finance. But also, I, I, I told you that before, and some of you are doing it. I have communion every morning, right? This morning again. I have it again. In the mirror, it's two times. But I always, oh, it does a tool, right? Jason, Jason, and me. Can I ask you, who is doing it? I'll ask you, not to embarrass you, but to encourage the rest. Who is doing it every day? Yes. Look around, guys. It's awesome. At least eight are doing it every day. Can you imagine if all of us do it every day? Can you imagine if every Christian on the globe would do it every day? What an empowering this would be. I tell you, when you put Jesus first every day, the first fruits of your day. Something happens. People ask me, why, what happened to you? What happened to you the last time? I mean, Jason, you can probably talk about it. What happened to you over this last, since October, that I haven't missed one day? I said, I don't know. It's something about being under his covering, placing him as Lord of my life, come, coming on in his love, sharing the first meal with him. And what I do, and that's what I like probably most of it, is I pray for so many people. I pray for everybody that has cancer in my life. Every day. Serious? Every day. it's about six of them. I pray for my family every day. Holland and here. I pray for you guys. Not all individually. I'll take too long. But uh, I pray for the church, you know. And, but when I know something happens, it will come to me. I pray. So what happens on the first in the beginning of the day? What happens? I come on His Lordship straight away. I think about Him. I think about you. And, and, and I don't think about me. Right, right. It's very healthy to think about somebody else. And what happens then during your day, God loves it. So when you go during your day, something happens. Because suddenly he can trust you with people and things. And some, somehow he brings people into your life and things start happening. Yeah. I love that more than any of the stuff. And it doesn't have to be long, Three minutes. I always go outside, it's getting a bit cold now though. I go outside, a little piece of bread, a little drink, you know, I feed some of the birds also, the birds, you know, and it's God's creation, and I love the birds, and then the rats come, the rats, we have some rats now, so the rats come and they eat the stuff, the cats don't feed the birds because the rats also, and so, okay, whatever, God created them all, and he loves them all, but they look really creepy, those rats, you know, they're really big and scary, and they're in the house. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> they are they're in the house it's not very nice so um so so do first fruits that's why we worship on the first day of the week sunday this is a holy day now it's not no different than another day but it's something about the first fruits of the week in your life there's something about it it's not my message oh this is my message but yeah it's good i need to have some time because we we, we lost some time earlier on so the first and the best we give god the first and the best. The the principle of first fruits is throughout the whole, it's going to be 12 o'clock guys, throughout the whole Bible. It is not actually connected to one covenant. We have seven covenants in the Bible, five are grace covenants, two are law covenants, and throughout all the covenants, first fruits is a principle of putting God first. Now first of all we see uh, in uh, Genesis, we see uh, there's a whole bunch of examples I can use, but I'll use a few, okay? First is Cain, Cain and Abel. Remember, God says, give me an offering. So Cain gives him some vegetables, right? Now, God's got no problem with vegetables, right? But the problem was, is that he gave some of the vegetables. Second, third, some of the vegetables. But God wanted him to say, I'll give you my first vegetables. I want you to give you my first crop. Now, Abel was different, and he actually gave the firstborn of probably the lamb of his flock. It says in Genesis, Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the first born lamb, lambs of the flock. And the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Abel was, you know, Abel was offering the best, the first. And then Cain was so angry and he kills Abel. First fruits means you give your first, give your best. In Exodus, the Israelites are in Egypt and Moses, you know, goes out and says, I want to, you know, I hear my cries. He brings the, the people out and they come to the promised land. And God promises that this promised land, there'll be cities you haven't built. There's houses you haven't built. There's vineyards you haven't planted. There are animals you haven't farmed. There's gold and silver, which you never got, right? And they've been waiting for, I don't know, like 800 years uh, no, 400 years, I think, to come. I'll say how many in my notes here. Uh, 400 years to come into that place. Um, I'm going too fast. Sorry. That's, that's good too. I'm going there in a minute. That's hundreds of years later. I'm going to Exodus first. Exodus says, God says in the book of Exodus, I think about 23. He talks about that he wants the Israelites to bring the first fruits of the crop. And also the first fruit, I find it really hard, first fruit, I find it really hard, FF, that's what I said to you before, maybe it's a Dutch thing, first fruit, I find it a bit, I do drink a lot of water, it's like, first fruit, everybody say first fruit. first fruit, you guys are so smooth, man, I'm like, first fruit, I can't do this thing, you know, it's like this, you can what, thank you, I can do it, right? I can do all things, all things, all things. I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. So what happens here, the first fruit has to be, don't do the second. So he says to him, give me the first. But then he said, okay, well, what about this first lamb of this mother sheep? But what if that never has another lamb, you know? Can we not wait till we have a few more lambs and then you give the, the little baby thing, you know? But God says, no, I don't want you. He says, no, give the, give the first. He's very strong on giving the first. And then watch my hand of blessing for the rest. See, the, th- the whole thing of first fruits is actually it sanctifies your life. And that's why I love so much having communion in the morning because it sanctifies my day. That's why Sunday, this day today, it sanctifies your week. There's something about it when you put Jesus first, amen? Amen. Now we come, hundreds of years later, we come to Joshua in the promised land. So all this stuff is happening right now. And he says, you come, they have waited 400 years and 80 years in the desert to get into the promised land. Finally, they get to Jericho, right? Jericho? I was there last year with Catherine. It's a bit of a you think of Jericho, massive, uh, you know, it's not actually that big, that it was about this high, probably the walls, this high. That's a bit disappointing, isn't it? Because we think of these massive things, you know, but it wasn't. We were there the other day. I mean, all our kids got baptized in the Jordan right there. And you go to the valley, the Jordan is right here. And the kids get baptized, Jesus got baptized. Remember in the Bible, he goes to Jericho. Remember, he does the Zacchaeus and the tree. We saw the tree, I have a picture, photo, tree, you know. And then we continue, and then we go up the hill, more and more up the hill, and there's the Mount of Temptation. So there's where Jesus got tempted. We were riding camels, Catherine and I, there. And this is a temptation. So it's right there, Jericho. And he comes; they come to Jericho. The walls fall, fall down. The guys surrender. And here we are. And God says, don't touch. First city. Don't touch. This city is mine. Destroy everything. Now, the way in these days, we don't really understand that. But in those days, to sacrifice and offer, God would say, destroy everything. Which, in you know, that's a bit sad, isn't it? But that's how in our days. He says, dedicate this first city to me and then watch and trust me for the rest. Right. Again, the first fruit principle. It is so powerful. Trust me. It's all throughout the Bible. In the book of Kings, there's quite a powerful story of this woman who had a bit of oil. Remember that, the story about the oil? A little bit of oil and a little bit of uh, flour? Yeah. So what happened was, she meets Elijah at a well... And Elijah says, can I please come to your house and can you please cook me some bread? She says, I only have one little bottle of flour and I've got little oil and we're going to cook it up, me and my son, and then we're going to die. Serious, look at this. As surely as the Lord your God lives, he replied, I don't even have bread, she says, only a handful of flour in a jar, a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Disappointing, isn't it? Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go home and do as I have said, but first, everybody say first, first make a small loaf of bread for me, from what I have, and give it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son, for this is what the Lord God says, the jar and the flour will not used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry, until the day that the Lord sends the rain, so the next harvest would come, isn't it amazing? I see what we thinking, hey man, it's the last thing I have. I want to give it to my son and me, please. He says, don't. Make a piece of bread, make a loaf, and give it to me. It sounds very selfish, isn't it? But he knew what God was doing and what God was teaching. Because when you put God first, provision will start coming that you've never seen before. Yeah. We saw it with Madeline. He says, man, I don't even know about this tithing, this giving kind of stuff, but I'm going to be obedient even if you don't even understand the whole thing yet. But when you put Jesus first, suddenly he's going to pay rise the next week. That's how it works. Because God loves when He is first in everything. It's something about it when the first fruits is holy. Your whole life is holy. There's something about the first fruits, which I just want you to see in this quick summary of this little journey that we're going through. Amen. Amen. It's powerful, powerful. In the New Testament church, Paul talks about the Corinthian church in um, in Corinth, obviously Corinth. Uh, on the first day of the week, he says, "Every week, give me an offering." proportionate to your income. It says 1 Corinthians 16, 2. On the first day of every week, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. So it's a percentage type thing. Every Sunday in the Passion, each one of you make a generous offering by taking a portion of whatever God has blessed you with. Now, the thing is, though, I really would like you to try it. Now, in the, in the Old Testament, in Malachi, um, is, is, of course, God says, test me. Try me. Why? And I suggest if you struggle with this area still, I would suggest test God. Try him. Try him that he can show. He said, test me. Will I not open the heavens and you will not know what to do with the blessing? See, I want this for all of you. It's not talking about money. It's talking about money again. No, I'm talking about a prosperous life. I'm talking about the the harvest. I'm talking about you coming into your destiny. I'm talking about sonship. I'm talking about maturity. I'm talking about growing up. I'm talking about us as sons and daughters stepping into an inheritance. That's what I'm talking about. And finance is part of that, amen? And so I, will not be, and I want you all to be mature in this area and just go, get on with it. And God will prove himself faithful. There's so many sitting in this building and say, man, you will not believe how faithful God is. to it. Catherine and I, we've always done 30 years of marriage this year. And we've always been given God the first. Now on top of that, we give to missions and we give to the tier fund and we give to my, 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 somebody, people, you know. We give stuff away all the time. We got a text receipt back the other day, you know, we almost fell off on my chair. I said, I can't believe how much money I've given, you know. It's unbelievers. God gave it through us, right? And so wonderful. And last year when we gave all that money, you know, suddenly somebody gives us $60,000 or whatever to go on this trip. And and things just happen, happen when you start. So you don't be afraid of it. Just dive in and say, God, I want to do the way you want us to do. And you'll see that God will bless you all the way. Amen? So it's all throughout the Bible. And you know why we can trust God? Actually, I'm finishing pretty soon. It's not too bad. I've gone really fast. I'm sorry for talking fast today. But I want to, yeah, it's good. So you know why, you know why we can trust God with all this stuff, first fruits. why? Well, why? Trustworthy, why though? Not he's good, what has he done? He keeps his word. He did it himself. He can be trusted because he gave his first, he gave his first, his only son, he gave to us. He proved this stuff to us his first. He didn't know, there was no guarantee that sons and daughters would follow. Of course, he's God, so he knows about it. But there was no guarantee, you know. He gave his son, right? In the hope and the faith. And of course, for him also the knowledge that many would come into the kingdom. Many would come and harvest would follow. Romans eight twenty-eight. And we know that in all things, God works for the good for those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined and confirmed to the image of His Son. Listen, that He might be the firstborn about many brothers and sisters. That's you and me today. Because of Jesus and because God gave Jesus, we are sitting here today. He did the same to Abraham. He said, Abraham, I want you to offer Isaac, your only son. He says, what? I've been waiting for this. You promised me that I'll be a father. You changed my name for Abraham, Abraham to Abraham, you know, father of many nations. And I'm going to see many nations through my hands and through my loins and through my seed, right? But he says, this is your only son. I mean, I'm hardly potent anymore, you know? I can't have kids, and they're all laughing about it. What, us having children? <laughs> Crazy, right? And here they have a son, finally, the son of promise, right? I mean, he's like 500 years old, right? <laughs> or maybe 200. I mean, who's counting, you know? It's like, not 30, you know? It's like, he's so old, you know? He said, God, I'm done, man. I'm old and done. You want to take this away from me? And God says, sacrifice your firstborn. Trust me. And so he says, I can't do it." but he says, okay, I'll be obedient. And so he goes, up the hill. you know the whole story. And then he sacrificed, but of course he doesn't sacrifice. He stops, and the animal sacrifice comes, and he's free. And he becomes the father of many nations, and we're sitting here today because of him. Now, the thing is, though, what happened was, it was first fruits again. God was testing his heart. Will you? Oh, put me first. Put me first. Will you put me first? That's the question that he's asking each and every one of us today. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Now, the thing is, though, that was, he gave that son, he gave first fruits. It says in the Bible that he was actually slain before the foundation of the world. Firstfruits. It's so, so beautiful. And what I love so much about this whole talk that I'm talking about right now is the whole connection with the harvest. For God so loved the world he gave Jesus that anyone... And millions upon millions upon millions have come and have said yes to Jesus. And they're gonna be in this glorious wedding feast of the Lamb at the end of time. Isn't it wonderful? But He did it first. He took the initiative because He knows how it works. And so we come to the communion table today. And this is the communion table is our celebration of first fruits. It is actually Jesus is our first fruit. It says in 1 Corinthians, look at this. But the truth is Christ is risen from the dead as the first fruit of a great resurrection harvest of those who have died. A great resurrection harvest that Jesus has. For since death came through one man, Adam, it is fitting that the resurrection of the dead has also come through a man, Christ. Even as all who are in Adam die, as we know. Sinful nature, got to be changed into a nature, into a God nature. Be born again in the, by the Holy Spirit. And also you who are here in Christ will be made alive, remember, new. But each one in his proper order. Christ, the first fruits. Yeah. Then those who belong to Christ in his presence. Of course, he talks about also the last days when all the people who died... Um, uh, will, will be resurrected and of course there's a two things one at Easter when you become a Christian as you know you become uh, resurrected in your spirit remember you become a new creation you'll be born of the Holy Spirit so there is a, a, a form of resurrection if you like as we resu- raise with Christ in our spirit we're seated with him in heavenly places so there is that already now but of course now also he's talking about the end of time when all of us those who are alive and those who have fallen asleep you know will be re- reunited with kind of our bodies we have a glorified body we'll be raised to life a resurrection right it's powerful it's all talking about the harvest community communion is about communion but it's also about the harvest Jesus loves the harvest and I think we God this year we really felt like this is a year of harvest I believe all around the world I talk to people and leaders all around the world they all say it's harvest time God told me the other day why we go to Israel even now again why harvest time I saw this uh, beautiful um um what do you call it a rainbow. I saw it from Jerusalem all the way to Christchurch, and I saw angels going around like this. I saw ascending, descending and I saw the prayers of the people. Somebody asked me, why are you going to Israel? I said, I know why we're going to Israel and why so many are going. There's a convocation there before the Feast of Tabernacles for two weeks long of nations coming to pray and to intercede for the world. And the thing is, though, that's what it is. It's all for the end time harvest. And the next 10 years is going to be a global harvest. It's going to be so amazing. And we're all going to be part of it. And I'm so excited about it because I can see the first fruits in our lives right here in our church. Amen? So we're going to celebrate this. His body was broken for us. It was smashed. It was annihilated. But by His stripes, we have found healing his life was given that we could pick up his amazing life. And when you share communion every day, every morning, whatever you do, or every time you do a church, you take his life. You say, Thank you, Lord, for your life. Your life gives me life. And by faith, Lord, there's substance in this life of God. And then you start praying for your friends. I'm just telling you what I'm doing on Sunday morning every morning. And you're praying for your people who are sick. I said, Thank you, Lord. I declare the finished work over Mary and John and Catherine who are sick, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that your healing power goes over them right now. Thank you, Lord, for your finished work, all this kind of stuff. And They take the cup. The cup is the beautiful cup of the new covenant in his blood. Not just for forgiveness of sins. It's a new covenant. And of course, beautiful wine talks about the whole wine, talks about the Holy Spirit. It's the new birth. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It is the anointing that comes in your life. And you know what Rob was talking about is that the anointing pulls us into our destiny. So then I start talking about my destiny. I said, David, my son, come into your destiny. Jonathan, Fabian, Saskia, Catherine, my mother in Holland. And I start praying for you guys here. Thank you, Lord, for our church coming into the test. That's what I do. It only takes two minutes. But you just do that. And so today what I want to do, I actually want to take communion, and I want to do it. It's not about us. I want to actually start praying for those people that we're going to write the names that are going to be on those cards. I want to, I want to start praying for the harvest. Communion. God said, Lord, you love these people. You die for these people. We're going to see these people saved. Amen? So that's what we're going to do. Now why don't we stand together? think you should have been up here already. Sorry, I forgot about this. <laughs> I'm so excited what God is doing, guys. Honestly. I'm so excited about first fruits. I'm so excited about putting him first in my life in every way. It is just so thrilling to see what happens through our lives. You know, you become so free when he is Lord over your life. You become so free. You're so free because he knows it. He knows it all. In his kingdom... We're called to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the other things that you are so worried about. He's going to provide for you. But he says, first seek my kingdom. That's his kingship. The King Jesus. First is you. You are first in my life in every way. Lord, your righteousness. And we're not only talking about the gift of righteousness, which is really good. The gift of righteousness, which comes through Jesus Christ. We're also talking about righteous living, righteous doing, divine alignment, divine order, the right stuff. When we seek rightness in our lives in every way, when we look at our brokenness and say, Lord Jesus, we want rightness in our brokenness, in our marriages, Lord, in our personal lives, in our, in our, with our kids, with our relationship with other people, Lord, relationship and, and my colleagues, we want rightness in my life. We want healing in our lives. When we do this, then God says, Yes, I love doing this when you put me first. Look what I do. And miracles start happening through your life because God God is a God of miracles. He is a God of new beginnings. He is a God of strengthening. He is a God of restoration. He is so amazing. He is so amazing. Now, before we have communion, I just want to take a moment. Everybody, close your eyes, please, and bow your heads. Just between you and God, there may be somebody here this morning, and you say, man, I actually don't know Christ. I have never put Jesus first in my life, Ever. And today, Gideon, as you were sharing, I said, no, I want Jesus. I want to have eternal life. I know that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. I know when I die, I'm seeing you with heaven. I want to be at, at this, at this bank, banquet, the beautiful banquet of the ages, this love, love story that will never finish, that will go throughout eons of, of days, of years. It, can you imagine, guys, a never-ending love affair with Jesus Christ, our bridegroom? Lord, we're so privileged to know you. And it's all because of Jesus, what you did. If you don't know Jesus, say, I I need Jesus in my life. I need forgiveness. I need a new life. Can you slip up your hand that I can see who you are? You say, man, today I commit myself to Christ. I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Anybody? Anybody here? You say, man, I need Jesus. Anybody? Anybody? Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we thank you. Father, we thank you for the lost out there. Right now, let's pray even now as we go into the communion. We pray, Lord, for our families. Members who don't know. Some of you have husbands, some of you have wives who are not Christians, who are not believers. Father, we pray for them. Father, we pray for your revelation of your love to come in their lives in just a, in just a, such a powerful way, like you do with many of the of the of the in the Islam, of the Muslims, Lord. You appear to them by dreams, Lord. Father, we pray you repair to them by dreams and visions, Lord, or people that will speak your truth in their lives. Father, we thank you for that our whole families will be saved. Our kids, Lord, that are protocols. Maybe the one or two are protocols. Lord, we pray for them right now, Lord. We draw them back into you, Lord. We want them saved, Lord. We want them to come into the fullness of your life. And so we thank you, Lord, for your anointing. We thank you for your power, Lord, to save. To save our families. To save my colleagues. To save my neighbour thank you lord jesus we worship you and we give you all praise in jesus name why don't we sit down why don't we enjoy now um, the communion as the band ministers to you and as you get this um, the communion thank jesus for his blood and for his body and then start declaring it over your family over the loved ones that you want to get saved and you can do that in groups little thing like maybe your a couple or a few things around or just by yourself shall we do that great expectation. Amen.